Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Tuesday, July 5th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. That includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Addison Colombo. And I'm David Escobar. Coming up, we'll have some features from reporters, but now let's get started with the headlines. Six people are dead and 30 more are wounded after a gunman opened fire yesterday at a 4th of July parade in Highland Park, Illinois. Police conducted an hours-long manhunt and have detained a suspect. A motive for the shooting hasn't been released, but police have found disturbing images on the suspect's social media. But Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker says the shooting was most likely a random act of violence. The Democrats spoke out yesterday about the shooting, calling on legislators to create meaningful gun control laws. It is devastating that a celebration of America was ripped apart by our uniquely American plague. A day dedicated to freedom has put into stark relief the one freedom we as a nation refuse to uphold, the freedom of our fellow citizens to live without the daily fear of gun violence. In the wake of this shooting and others, New Jersey Governor Murphy signed a package of gun safety bills into law. Yeah, Madison, New Jersey is now going to regulate ammunition sales more extensively, and people who move from out of state are going to have to re-register their guns. There's also been legislation in New Jersey that allows the attorney general to sue gun manufacturers and retailers. New Jersey is just one of many states to expand its gun laws after the Supreme Court's ruling on concealed carry weapons. Murphy called the ruling a tragedy and says he hopes the new laws will save lives. Now for something that might drive some New Yorkers crazy. After a two-year suspension, alternate side parking will be back in full swing around the city. Due to the pandemic, the parking rules were relaxed to allow drivers to only have to move their cars for street cleaning once a week. Now that COVID's begun to die down, drivers are going to have to move their cars twice a week. Mayor Adams and the Department of Sanitation say the rule has to come back into place to reduce trash buildup. New York City is investing $33 million into updating its sanitation system for it. But not everyone's happy about the rule coming back. Former Transportation Commissioner Sam Schwartz says traffic could increase 1 to 2 percent. Speaking of things coming back to New York, Nathan's 4th of July hot dog eating contest returned yesterday in front of its iconic flagship store in Coney Island. Joey Chestnut retained his title after eating 63 hot dogs in 10 minutes, despite walking into the tournament on crutches. Yeah, Mickey Sudo took home the women's division title where she ate 40 hot dogs in 10 minutes. But this year's celebration was far from ordinary. That's for sure. Three protesters stormed the stage in Star Wars masks to protest hot dog manufacturing methods. Yeah, the protesters actually held up some of the contestants. After they ran on stage, Joey Chestnut stopped eating and put one of the protesters in a headlock during the middle of the competition. But the incident didn't stop Chestnut from going on to win his 15th title in a row. Well, David, this next story is a bit of a thriller. You can say that again. There's an ongoing lawsuit against Sony that claims three of Michael Jackson's songs don't actually feature his vocals. The songs are from the pop album Michael, which was released after his death in 2009. Yeah, it started when songwriter Vera Sorova and others claimed that the songs Keep Your Head Up, Monster, and Breaking News didn't actually feature Jackson. Now Sorova and the other plaintiffs are saying that Sony Music was aware that the tracks were forged. Jackson's family has come out in agreement with the lawsuit, saying the vocals don't sound like the late star. The case now sits before the California Supreme Court. Many recognize the 4th of July as the day the U.S. gained its freedom. The Declaration of Independence, which was largely written by Thomas Jefferson, is the catalyst for the liberty we know today. But many don't know of its value. 
One Korean-American man from New Jersey is hoping to change that. WFUV's Christina Lulich has the story. John Kwon Yi is a translator and author from Palisade Park, New Jersey. He was interested in Americanization, but learned it was more than American culture and products. So he turned to the Declaration of Independence. He wanted to translate and interpret the Declaration into Korean, but said he noticed many Americans do not even know what it means. I was so sad because Americans with more than average education do not respect and understand the fundamental document and core value of their country. Yi says people need to better understand and respect the truths he says are in the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence is based on truth, which is universal and self-evident. Truth unites people. The Declaration inspired American people and many other countries to build their own democratic and independent nations. Yi said it was important for not just Americans, but also Koreans to know the meaning of the document. He says the U.S. Embassy translated only the beginning and end part of the declaration. The Declaration of Independence is the soul of America. You don't want to misrepresent your soul in other countries. The declaration is a national treasure. It is the symbol of American pride. About half of the original text is missing. They present just the beginning part and ending part of the declaration. It is like you serve just head and tail of a fish to your guest. So Yi translated the Declaration of Independence into Korean, along with line-by-line commentary in his new book, The Day God Blessed America. As uh, Thomas Jefferson's Korean translator, I can tell that every sentence matters, and it has to be shared in a wholesome way. It is important for Korean people and for all Americans. You know, South Korea and the United States are allies. Yi says South Korea and the U.S. are allies because they fought together for a common value, which comes from the Declaration of Independence. He says Korean values of love and compassion align with the document. There's an uh, official educational model that every Korean know. Uh, Benefit people widely. It is about love and compassion, but it is missing. How would you benefit the world? I would like to combine that with the messages of the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence is something that Yi says Americans should be proud of. Not only is it important to Americans, but it's a document that is appreciated around the world, like in South Korea. I'm Christina Lulich, WFUV News. And now we turn to the world of sports with WFUV's Mike Calamari. So, Mike, it's a great time to be a Mets fan. Not only have they been on a roll, they're also going to be welcoming back their star pitcher, Max Scherzer, tonight. That's right. The Mets' $43 million man will make his return tonight, starting versus the Cincinnati Reds at 640 after missing close to two months due to a high oblique strain. Before being hurt, Scherzer pitched 49 and two-thirds innings for the Amazons with a 2.54 ERA. In addition to Scherzer, the Mets also hope to bring back their biggest star back to the rotation in the coming weeks. Jacob deGrom pitched his first rehab start over the weekend, throwing 24 pitches, striking out five of the six batters he faced. With Mad Max returning and hopefully deGrom next, it couldn't come at a better time for New York, as they look to hold on to the first-place lead in the NL East with 82 games left in the season. The Mets currently lead the second-place Atlanta Braves by three and a half games. But that's not all the news in baseball here in New York. 
as the story all season long has been the New York Yankees historic season. The Bronx Bombers are 58-22, and 22, a whopping 13 games ahead of the second-place Red Sox in the AL East. The two teams will square off in the four-game series later this week, starting on Thursday. On to basketball. I know there's been a lot of drama for the Nets since KD said he wants out of Brooklyn. Any updates on trade talks? Well, it's definitely hectic to say the least in Brooklyn right now, with Kevin Durant formally asking for a trade Thursday, which came after his Nets teammate Kyrie Irving opted into his final year of his deal with the team. It seems like the Nets will look to shop both stars now, but they've been unable to strike a deal yet. If a deal were to be made for KD or Kyrie Irving, it would be safe to say it could be the largest trade package ever dealt in NBA history. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported this morning that the Nets are looking for an all-star player and several first-round picks in return. So, Mike, I also heard the Knicks might be in some hot water for the recent free agency signing. What's the situation with Jalen Brunson? Well, David, it looks like the Knicks will be penalized for how they handled the signing of Jalen Brunson. As reported by Fred Katz of The Athletic, the Mavericks claim that they had already received word the Knicks and Brunson had come to terms before Dallas was even allowed to meet with their star point guard. We'll have to wait to see exactly what NBA Commissioner Adam Silver decides to do in regards to punishment. But that will do it for all the sports stories from this weekend. With WFV Sports, I'm Michael Calamari. Thanks, Mike. Yesterday was the 4th of July, and many Americans spent the day celebrating the country. The United States is made up of people from all over the world. The Carnegie Corporation of New York launched a campaign on July 4th that highlighted some of these naturalized American citizens. WFUV's Isabel Danzis got the chance to speak with some of these honorees and how their contributions impact New York and the United States. While everyone put on red, white, and blue this weekend, the Carnegie Corporation of New York wanted to make sure all Americans were being celebrated. They did this through their Great Immigrants Campaign. The campaign is a tribute to naturalized Americans across the country by highlighting them through a social media campaign and a full-page New York Times advertisement that was published on July 4th. Jerry Mannion, Managing Director of Strengthening U.S. Democracy and the Special Opportunities Fund at the Carnegie Corporation, is an Irish immigrant and naturalized U.S. citizen herself. She says that the campaign is an important way that the corporation can highlight these individuals. These are all people who've made those, the taken the step not only to come to the U.S., but create a business, raise their families, you know, be um, religious leaders, uh, community leaders. And, you know, they have had to go through this process of naturalization. And we are trying to recognize them through the New York Times ad and the, and the campaign around great immigrants. One of the immigrants featured is Hockey Yock Dennis. Ockdennis came to New York with only $240 and spent his first bit of time in New York living at the Barry Mission Homeless Shelter. He now heads up the pizza empire, Champion Pizza. In 2005, after opening up the first Champion Pizza, Ockdennis competed in an international pizza competition. He says he got 87th place out of 93 people the first time. Ockdennis continued practicing, and a few years later he got the chance to compete again and emerge victorious. His status as an international pizza champion boosted his popularity, but Ockdennis says that he will never forget his time as homeless. Once he opened his first champion pizza, he noticed it was very close to a familiar location. I find Bowery Mission, you know, like it's like only like five blocks away from my store. Do you believe that? The place they give me place, I said that, you know, like 2001, I'm talking 2012, to go walk, you know, like I walk in Westchester, I walk like New Jersey, I walk in California, Chino, I walk like, you know, like Manhattan, Times Square. I walk all around. Nine years later, God gave me opportunity, give me chance to open pizza shop, 
so close about emission so I could be connected them and to go help them. To this day, Ogdenis is an advocate for the homeless, which is why he's being honored in this campaign. Dr. Fabian Doucet is another honoree in this year's Great Immigrants Campaign. While she was born in Spain, she is Haitian and grew up there. She came to the United States when she was 10 years old and eventually became a citizen in her 20s. Doucet is a professor at New York University and a researcher of immigrant education and family school relationships. Doucet says that her experience growing up as an immigrant in the United States impacted her decision to pursue this route of study. My experience was that educators really didn't know a whole lot about my, about what it meant to be Haitian or what it meant to be Black or what it meant to be an immigrant. And because of those things, my education, even though it had a lot of good things, I think could have been better. And that has just kind of fueled the way that I want, the way that I want other kids to experience school. Doucet has learned through her research that at times schools and educators may be unaware of how best to cater education to immigrants or marginalized students. Dennis's and Doucet's accomplishments are just a couple of what is being honored in the Great Immigrants Campaign. I'm Isabel Danzis, WFUV News. That was Cityscape host Isabel Danzis talking about the Carnegie Corporation of New York's 2022 Great Immigrants Campaign. Cityscape aims to encapsulate the culture, feel, and energy of New York City. And that's our show for today. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Madison Colombo. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever podcasts are found.